So we had Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NottonHallofFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck. The owner, the operator of NottonHallofFame.com, and the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame and the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. We'll have some big announcements on that in the next couple weeks. It's season one, episode 41 of the Hall of Fame show, and Evan Nolan and I, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, three very prominent Hall of Famers have left us, sadly. Uh, New York Yankees pitcher Whitey Ford, probably the greatest pitcher in Yankees history, uh, certainly a very important part of six World Series titles, has left us at age 92. We also lost who I consider to be one of the greatest second basemen in the last 75 years, maybe ever, not so sure, but... He's certainly in that conversation. Joe Morgan, uh, former Cincinnati Red, uh, Philadelphia Philly, and Houston Astro, uh, two-time World Series champion. He has passed away. And from the world of pro football, Fred Dean, who is a member of five Halls of Fame. We'll talk about that. Also a two-time Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers. He passed away at age 68 due to complications of COVID-19. Uh, we also looked at something a little bit more positive and a little bit a little bit more fun. The National Basketball Association season of 2019-2020 is officially in the books, and we looked at a few players who really improved their stock based on their performance in the playoffs in terms of getting into the ultimate prize, at least in our eyes, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So without further ado, let's bring in Evan and start the conversation. Evan, how are things shaking out for you? I'd like to take this opportunity to make a public apology to the family of Laszlo Branikovic. I know that I made the mistake of saying uh, yesterday you had called me to do the, the show like normal, but uh, my daughter was having trouble sleeping, so I went and snuggled her to sleep and fell asleep myself. And you called up, and I was like, man, let's just do it tomorrow. Actually, you said let's do it tomorrow because I was clearly out that I did mention that for the second week in a row, the beige mistress had, you know, passed, passed through. Mm-hmm. Today, the number 15 on the 1972 silver medal Olympic winning uh, Hungarian so- national soccer team, Laszlo Brinkinovich, passed away at the age of 70. The beige mistress strikes again, and I feel incredibly responsible. You're, you're deadlier than COVID. <laughs> to, to Hungarian athletes, the answer to that is clearly yes. Yes. Although to an American this, president, this is, apparently COVID is immune. Like, who knew? Well, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. But, uh, yeah, who, who knew that uh, something that started as a joke is... Real. Serious, man. Of all the weird things that happened in, 19, in 1920, in 2020... This is one of the weirdest. <laughs> yeah, right, right up there with what we were just sort of like touching on right before. What the the t- most twenty twenty thing ever is the Houston Astros winning the World Series, which could with happen a sub five hundred with a sub five hundred record and going down three to nothing in the mm-hmm. ALCS. I mean, they they haven't won the whole thing yet, but they're up seventy two as we speak here in Game Six. Uh, and if they win this whole thing. So, we all know that Rob Manfred's trying to destroy baseball. Mm-hmm. Which best accomplishes his plan? The sub-500 Astros team winning the World Series or a Tampa-Atlanta World Series? I'd, I'd say a sub-500 Houston. I mean, I think the Rays yeah. are better if Houston 
goes through just because I I don't know about you, Evan. Uh, like like both our teams are out, but I'm watching. I'm watching the Houston series to watch them lose. I'm sorry. I, I just want to contend my team didn't play this year, but continue. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, not very well, but yes. Uh, well, yeah. He, I, I'm interested in watching the Astros because I'm cheering against them. It's the only reason I'd have any kind of interest in a Houston-Tampa series, and I do with the hope that Houston's going to lose. Uh, Atlanta Dodgers. Uh, I'm. I don't care who wins. I, I just want to be entertained, which for the most part I have been. But yeah, an Atlanta-Tampa series is not exactly going to you know raise ratings, but it's a it's a different world. I mean, if everyone just keeps looking at television ratings without looking at streaming, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can take almost anything now. Like it's like you you and I both know that the basketball ratings were not great, and a lot of people want to say, well, it's because they, they went too political. I'm sure it turned off some people. Uh, if you're really a fan, it's not going to turn you off. You know, that. Yeah, but so Mark, Mark Cuban has been getting in an internet oh, argument, which is always a good thing with Clay Travis, right? Um, about about this, and Travis brings up his streaming numbers to show that somehow he's more popular than NBA, but based off of their their TV numbers, mm-hmm. but completely ignores their streaming numbers altogether. Right. So I mean, if you throw in the streaming numbers and stuff like that, it's pretty much as popular as ever. It's just that we measure badly as to how things are going. So, um, and by the way, by the way, I would like to congratulate the citizens of Minneapolis on their 17th championship. I'm sorry, the who of what? The citizens of Minneapolis on their 17th NBA championship. Of Minneapolis. Okay, what what have I missed? Well, I mean, the Lakers are saying that this is their 17th championship. Oh. And they, I mean, if... Mm-hmm. If, the, if, if the Los Angeles gets to keep the five that they won in Minneapolis, Minneapolis should get the twelve after that, right? Well, that makes that makes some sense. I, yeah. I, I, Who is the best? I, 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 I'm, I'm on Bill Simmons' side with this to a certain extent. Who is the best player on those Minneapolis Lakers teams? Do you remember? Isn't it George Mikan? And I'm not even sure. George Mike George Mikan, Yeah, he okay. was there for the five championships. How or for the five championships? How many? Uh, George Mikan's number. We went through this. Retired by the Lakers or not? I think it's in a, in a box or something, isn't it? With a bunch it, of other. It's not officially. It's not officially retired by the Lakers. So if you're not claiming the player who led you to four of those five championships, you can't claim championships. That's all I'm saying. So congrats. If, and, if, and if you do, then congratulations to Minneapolis for winning their 17th. I'm a bitter Celtic fan, yes. But I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. And speaking yeah. of being put down, Whitey Ford passed away. Oh, Jesus. That is your worst one ever. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I know. I will... There was was the only thing I could sort of think of really quickly, and I thought we were in a lull, so I just ran with it. I should have ran away from it, but that's just not my style. Oh, man, that was was not good. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, we try to bring some levity and death. Quick, quick, talk about Pucky Brewster's moves. Get us back on track. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yes. No, all right, so... 
Before before we go into that, can I say one more thing about baseball, and then we can go into yeah, yeah, the, the two hall the two hall of famers. Mm-hmm. I just want to bring up that tweet that I sent you earlier oh, this week yes, from Joel. Yes, Sheehan. yes, please do. So Joel Sheehan uh, said earlier this week uh, at Joe Sheehan or at Joe underscore Sheehan on Twitter for those of you guys who are following him. Baseball has spent fifty years telling fans not about the greatness of its players but that they're greedy and disloyal and cheaters and drug users. Literally my entire life, baseball has trashed the players to win labor and PR battles. Turns out that there's a cost. Yeah, no kidding. What league supports its players the best? NBA. NBA, right? Who, what, what league has the biggest stars? NBA. Regar- yeah, regardless of what the ratings may have up or down or however you want to measure them. There's no doubt if you took the, in the United States, the 50 biggest professional athletes in terms of Q rating, what are, of the top 50, what are the 30 of them NBA players? I would think so. You may have as many female tennis players as you have baseball players in that list. Oh, shit. Wouldn't you, I would even think maybe more. I mean... Well, I mean, they you, are, yeah, shit. I mean, you've yeah, got okay. Serena and and, uh, and Naomi. Those two are pretty big names. They, they, they got Venus still. Oh, sure, but I mean, like those two, are, I think, are a bigger deal to most people than even people than than Mike Trout, the be- who's still considered the best baseball player in the game over the last six years. A man who has played in exactly one more playoff game in his career than I have. <laughs> I mean that's that's not Mike Trump's fault. I mean he's doing what he can, and baseball is not like basketball, where one player can completely carry a team. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, at this po- at this rate, who's the face of baseball right now? Because Trout's the best, maybe the best player, but he's he the face? No, he, he's really not. I mean, like. And when I'm th- and I've got the Dodgers, uh, as I was mentioned, like like on the background. I'm not even. I mean, is Bellinger the face of it, or is Betts the face of it? I mean, I'd say Betts, but I'm a Red Sox fan, and I enjoyed. I'm glad Mookie got out of this Boston shenanigans that are going on. He doesn't deserve the Red Sox. Didn't, don't deserve Mookie Betts at the moment. So, but Mookie plays with such joy and passion and heart, and just a good guy in general, and a heck of a bowler. Um, by the way, uh, but that I'm, he to me is just a happy go lucky smiling face, but he's not a good sound bite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just, baseball has self destructed so much from when we were kids that I don't even know, I don't know what it needs to do to recover other than take Rob Manfred and bury him in a field somewhere. I'm not saying, like, kill him. I'm saying, like, put his feet in a field so he can't leave. He's just stuck there. Rob Manfred is... Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner of my lifetime. And it's not even close, which is scary to say, considering how many shitty commissioners there are, and and currently are. You know... Okay, forget about Whitey Ford for a second. You sent me something else that was 
and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of glad we sort of segued out of that. You sent me another great one where some, where who was it may is making a pitch for Roger Goodell is now for what he's done lately. He's making his hall of fame case. Like really? Yeah. This, yeah, this is, this is, uh, and I, I, I can't, I say this with all due respect during the, the health concerns that he's been through. This is the NFL's lapdog, Chris Mortens. Mm-hmm. Chris Mortensen said earlier this week, again, Chris Mortensen, the one who, as a Patriots fan, the conspiracy theory, the one who came up with the NFL's 12 out of 13 footballs have the wrong PSI, which wasn't true, uh, and, then, and then refused to take it down for a year and a half, despite being repeatedly asked to because he couldn't figure out how to take down a tweet. Um, but he said, from a longtime team executive who says he echoes what many other team execs believe, at NFL Commission, Roger Goodell has earned a fair share of criticism over the years, but his leadership in managing the tan- pandemic crisis and social justice issues have been his Hall of Fame moment. <sighs> Let's forget the first part of the of what he's supposedly done because I don't know how amazing the commissioner is doing when the Titans and Patriots have everything going crazy. Patriots had another player test positive today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard that. I did. Yes. Um, but let's take the second half of that. How he dealt with social justice. The only thing he did was admit that they screwed up. After years of completely screwing up, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give him at least a bit of credit for that. Not a lot of credit, but some. But certainly that this is going to be on the positive side of a Hall of Fame ledger. It's not. It's not even close. And and the sad thing is, he's going to get in. And I love you said it perfectly when you sent that off to me. He says like, and so I think what did you say? And like. And here it is. And, and, and that's all you had to say. And here we go. Oh, here we go, yeah. And here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this. That we couldn't, after Tagliabue got in, honestly, who, I'm trying to think, is Tag, Tagliabue, Tagliabue is a better commissioner than Goodell, uh, but mm-hmm. that's damning anyone with faint praise. Uh, Bowie Kuhn is still the most ridiculous commissioner of a non-racist variety in the Hall of Fame. Isn't that I mean, sad? You have to put that caveat there, though. Basically, the KK, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, it's, it's so sad you have to put that caveat there. Yeah, because Kennesaw Mountain Landis has, yeah. uh, his name might start with a K, but there are two other silent ones in there for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the idea that someone who screwed up Spygate Screwed up Deflategate, screwed up Ray Rice, screwed up uh, Adrian Peterson, screwed up Starcaps. Starcaps, do you remember the Starcaps one? No. Starcaps is, the, and again, I'm a Patriots fan who hates Goodell. Starcaps is the single biggest injustice that ever happened to any player in the league. The two Williams brothers in, or no, they're not brothers. The two Williams defensive linemen in the, for the Vikings, Kevin and I can't remember the other guy's name, mm-hmm. uh, first name right now. They asked the league about a supplement because the league was testing for, was testing for stuff. And they said, hey, we need supplements to make sure we're staying within the rules. The NFL told them what supplement to take. 
they took the supplement and the supplement had something banned in it that they were not aware of. The Starcap supplement that they asked the league about and got suspended four games for using the supplement they specifically asked the league about. I didn't even know this at all. Yeah, Starcaps is the is insane. It's it's completely insane that that happened. And it was upheld, and but it was the Vikings and nobody cared. Like the way he it's Goodell is such a wet blanket. He is the all epitome of all the Ivy League failing up rich kids who don't actually know what the hell they're doing but have a degree behind their name and they fail forward because everyone else judging them also is in the same situation. And the idea that just because the league has had to adjust for a pandemic, like all the other leagues have had to adjust the pandemic, that he somehow has proven his mettle because we've managed, most teams have managed to get four games and some have gotten five games in so far, is comical at the best. Farcical probably is a better word. Yeah, especially he's cons- an awful commissioner. Well, I was also going to say, like, especially considering that he's also had a few months to sort of like watch everyone else do it first. Yeah, he had a head start. Baseball completely screwed it up. There's no question baseball screwed it up. Mm-hmm. Right? And the fact that we're going to have a playoffs where we may have the Houston Astros, the 29 and 31 Houston Astros, A, making the playoffs, but B, maybe winning the World Series is ridiculous. It's not like uh, the 7 and 9 Seahawks team that made it a few years ago. They beat the Saints in the first round, right? Yeah, I remember. That team, like, like there, that's, that was a rule. Someone wins the division, they get in. If the 31 and 29 and 31 Astros had won their division, okay. Like, weird stuff happens. But they were the eighth, they were the seventh, that's another thing, they were the seventh seed, right? Were they seventh like, or eighth? They're, they're eighth, they were eight, and Minnesota was the number one seed, and Minnesota, again, as we discussed last week, hasn't won a playoff game since before the Red Sox won their first World Series. It was the 2004 playoffs, it was the last playoff game with the, the uh, Twins won, which is insane. But, like, they, they had no idea what they were doing. And the NHL did okay. Their 24-team tournament ended up fine. I think the team that was supposed to have won, or at least one of the teams that should have won, won the whole thing. Agreed. Uh, and ultimately, it was just, it was, it was fine. You know what I mean? They had to finish. They found two places. They did it. They finished. The NBA, I think, did the best of any of them. They had no positive tests in 123 days in the bubble. Which is incredible. It's ridiculous. Now, understandably, it's easier to do that with basketball because you got 15 players and, what, 15 players, five coaches, and eight staff, 10 staff per team? Let's just call it 10, right? So 10 and 5 and 15 is 30. 30 times the 22 teams, it's 600-something people. That's like four teams in the NFL. Because there's so many people, it's so much harder to take care of. But they managed to do it. Yeah, it just, they do. I just, I don't know. Roger Goodell is, 
hundred percent taking the Hall of Fame. They're gonna have to come up with like they'll come up with like a hundred and twenty fifth anniversary team, and just like have another. We're gonna put twenty more people in because the Pro Football Hall of Fame has screwed over seniors in the system that they've just come up with. Uh, and during that, they're gonna you know somehow have eight contributor spots uh, just to make sure that he ends. And they'll have like nine people just to make sure. And Art Modell will be the ninth. Uh, just to make sure that Goodell gets in. Well, as lo- yeah, as, so. long, as long as David Baker can knock on a door, he's happy. <sighs> David Baker, I can't wait to see the video of David Baker knocking on his own door. You know, I, it's because now that's what gets suggested on my YouTube now. Literally, is David Baker knocking montage. <laughs> yeah, I know. But th- I have to say montage is cool just to have... Uh, just, I mean, the knock on the door is cool to see the reaction of the people who actually get it. That's great. But, yeah, no, I know the montage you talked about with just him knocking and knocking and knocking. Ugh. So I can't wait. What I'm going to is to do a hologram of David Baker with a piped-in sound knock on his own door ahead of time. <laughs> so, or they'll, they'll do, they'll do, uh, they'll do uh, two pops, you know. They'll do a hologram two pop to do it. So imagine, like, so, I guess there may, may be, like, all the Hall of Famers that he inducted, like, when he, David Baker, dies, they can knock on his casket. Oh, God. As they're lowering it. Which they didn't do for Whitey Ford, who passed away at age 92. I, I was going to say, he could have gone right to Fred Dean at that point, but I will go right Whitey Ford first. Well, he, he died while we were recording. I mean, we're another, what were the Mauve murderers or something? I, it's... I know, that happened to Lute Olson. Who else passed away? There's somebody else who passed away we were recording, too. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Another Hall of Famer. I remember that. There's another Hall of Famer. I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, Whitey Ford. Go ahead. Yeah, Whitey Ford, uh, I honestly, I, I didn't even realize he was still alive. Uh, maybe because so many of his, you know, his teammates have died so long ago. And mm-hmm. just the, I was looking at the loaded team that he had for 61 uh, when he won the Cy Young, which, I mean, it's, it feels sort of awful to say this, that he's pro, he was actually one of the more undeserving Cy Young winners, mm-hmm. you know, that year. I mean, it was clearly an all-offense team, but he was pretty much the main pitcher that they still had. He was, to me, like a, a little bit like Jack Morris. You knew that you had Whitey, you were going to do enough because you had enough firepower around you. Whitey wasn't there. Wasn't going to lose you games, and he wasn't going to put you, uh, you know, deep in the hole. And he'd win you a few here and there. Yeah, yeah. That '61 team had a 29-year-old Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris, of course, with his 61 asterisk home runs. Yogi Berra, um, Bobby Richardson, Elston Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Bill Scourin, that Cleet Boyer. That was a pretty damn good team. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and he also played, you know, before that, you know, like like his entire career was with, with the Yankees, what, six-time World Series winner. Uh, the ace of that staff, so as much as it might seem like I'm sort of denigrating his abilities, you know, I, I'm not. I'm just trying to put it in the proper perspective, especially after we talked about Bob Gibson last week, who, mm-hmm. with that amazing season he had in, in, was in 68, mm-hmm. and... Still had nine losses despite having more shutouts than losses. Yeah, yeah. So Whitey Ford that season was twenty five and four with a three twenty one ERA. Yeah, which which isn't bad. 
I mean, it's not, it's not a bad ERA, but it's not something that's right. going to reflect a 25-4 and four record. Right. I mean, his whip, his whip was uh, higher than two of the other starters on his team. Mm-hmm. Bill Stafford and Ralph Carey both had better whips. Yeah, and he also he wasn't did. in the top 10 in, uh, in B-War for pitchers. Mm. That year, but again, again, going back though, yeah, let's let's not let's not denigrate his entire. No, no, and, 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 and I should and I shouldn't have, should have had. Yeah, and I, and I should I shouldn't have done that because this is also a two time ERA winner. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. so clearly he was there, like two time leader in innings pitched, which I think is a much bigger deal than than it should than I think people give that credit for when you've got someone out there, you know, leading your horses. Like that, like how yeah. that that's so important. Uh, he also he did lead the league in whip. Uh, was it in, uh, 58? And what? Like I'm just going now to his uh, postseason record. MVP of the 61 of uh, the 61 World Series. So that same thing where we sort of met, where I sort of mentioned maybe he wasn't the most deserving Cy Young winner. Well, he had a he he had a goose egg ERA in his two games against yeah, Cincinnati. That that's. It's hard to beat that. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, and that's the same. We were we were just talking about like how I I'm pissed off that baseball voters in almost every article they ever write will look at somebody and they'll never mention a playoff accomplishment. That's sort of like my big thing against Bobby Wagner or Billy Wagner is his playoff mm-hmm. record is atrocious. Yeah. Well, I mean, when David Ortiz comes up in a couple of years, uh, or is the next year? Is the next year the year after? I can't remember. Uh, uh, I think it's 2022. Yeah. When David Ortiz comes up, that's going to be the first thing they talk about, though. Because mm-hmm. that's ultimately what got uh, Jack Morris in the Hall of Fame. It did, but it, it, it's 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 so the exception and not the rule. And there's just not really a balance to it. Mm-hmm. But that's that that's just my, my personal take on it. Uh, so yeah, so his overall uh, postseason, so ten and eight, two seven one ERA, uh, WHIP of one 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 three seven. You know, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. And and his numbers been retired by the Yankees. Yeah. And and he spent a bunch of time in the military as well. That's so. true too. That could have well cost him three hundred wins. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he he's one of those people who barely snuck over the line for his Hall of Fame. He got seventy-seven point eight one percent of the vote in his second timeout, mm-hmm. uh, which is. I got to take back he, what, he, what I just said. He wouldn't have. Uh, he missed two years. He wouldn't have got to three hundred wins. It was two thirty-six and one hundred six. Okay, so but he would have gotten two fifty certainly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So but yeah, I, but yeah, Whitey Ford ended up just short in seventy-three and got indi- inducted with. Uh, Nick, Mickey Mantle in 74, which is probably just fine with him. But, I mean, the voting numbers back then were just so crazily low, too. Mm-hmm. For all the all the great players, it took forever. Like, Yogi Berra's first time, only got 67%. First year Yogi Berra's up, nobody got elected. And That's on crazy. that ballot, on that ballot, just, you know, in 71, mm-hmm. we have, I'm going to look through Hall of Famers on that ballot. You ready? Sure. <laughs> Number one, Yogi Berra. Excuse me. One, Yogi Berra. Two, Early Win. Three, Ralph Kiner. Five, Ina Slaughter. Six, Johnny Mai. Seven, Pee Wee Reese. Nine, Ren Chongin. 
11, George Kell, 13, Hal Neuheiser, 14, Phil Rizzuto, probably shouldn't be a Hall of Famer, but fine. Right. 15, Bob Lemming, 16, Duke Snyder, 18, Bobby Doerr. Bobby Doerr, in his 12th one, got 21.7% of the vote. Uh, 20, Nellie Fox, 21, 22, 24, 24, and 26, Richie Ashburn. Are all, all those guys are Hall of Famers. They're all on the 1971 ballot, and none of them got enough to get over the line. You know, I'm going to remember this conversation next time I complain about uh, voters today in baseball. I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. In, in what universe is Yogi Berra probably no worse than the fifth cat, best catcher of all time, not a Hall of Famer in his first ballot? Well, I mean, even same with early win. He's a 300-game winner. Yeah, and it took him four turns to get in. His first time in the ballot, he got 27.9 votes. Pretend the vote. He was tied with Johnny Vandermeer, who's still not in. The two of them both got 27.9. My God. <sighs> like, yeah, well, get, by the way, number four on that list was Gil Hodges in 71. He got 50%. I'm so. pretty sure I'm right on this. I, I think that Gil Hodges has the most votes of anyone, if you just sort of like count total of votes, not to be in the Hall of Fame. That one surprised me. I, I can't guarantee you're right or wrong, but that would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I, I think, so. I, 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 again, I, I could be wrong in that. I think it's just something when I was looking at it. Like, it's got to be him because he was pretty much – you have uh, do you have the uh, Hodges uh, numbers in front of you? Yeah. All right, so what did he get in his first year? I'm looking for his first year. So I got, I got distracted by the fact the guy who finished uh, – what number is the official that voted? The guy who finished one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in that voting is some guy named Marty Marion, and I have no idea who the hell that is. Oh, uh, um, yeah, for, former MVP uh, with St. Louis. I want to say the Browns, uh, the Octopus, great, like great, uh, all field no hit. Uh, interesting. Yeah, was Marty, yeah, Marty Marion finished with forty percent of the vote on that one. Uh, his first time, Gil Hodges started twenty four point one. Okay. So Gil Hodges percentage is the vote. 21, 48.3, 50, 40.7, uh, 57.4, 54.2, 51.9, 60.1, 58.5, 59.6, 56, 59.7, 60, 49.4, 63.4. Like, how do you go from 60 to 49 to 63? I don't know. I the the only at least now when somebody di- somebody dips, we can kind of figure it out. Like when Kurt Schilling dipped, mm-hmm. you know that was due to a lot of comments that he made towards the media. Which, for all we know, he did that too. Just it just we know about things, you know, due to social yeah. media. You know, but again, it's something that as you know, as you and I are working on creating our own little Hall of Fame. At the end of the day, it's people voting on people that they've mostly met true and if you rub the wrong way like that that that's gonna hurt you i mean that's that like yeah, Schilling should be in the baseball hall of fame right now he should be i i know why yeah. he's not it, it's just weird though because like his last year in 83 hodges finished seventh on the list with 63.4 mm-hmm. everybody ahead of him is in the hall of fame and the next four guys behind him are in there too 
Brooks Robinson, Juan Marichal, Harmon Killebrew, Louis Aparicio, Hoyt Wilhelm, Don Drysdale, Ben Hodges, then Nelly Fox, Billy Williams, Red Schoen, Deanston, Jim Bunning. And then further down the list, Orlando Cepeda, Bill Mazeroski, and Joe, Joe Torrey. Now Torrey's in as a manager. But, like, all those guys are in already. And Hodges is still staying there. And it's not like the voters back then were looking at advanced metrics like we do now. That no. didn't exist. That was the slugger yeah. of one of the marquee teams. Like that, yeah. like that should be enough. Yeah, should have been back then, but it wasn't. I'm not sure we got to kill Hodges when we're talking. Uh, <laughs> we're talking Whitey Ford, but sorry. No, no, it, it, it's it's actually a, not, not a bad segue. See, let's see how this segue works because we're talking about cantankerous Hall of Fame voters. <laughs> and, and a cantankerous Hall of Fame vo- uh, influencer who's been on many committees and a Hall of Famer himself passed away. Not the greatest opening I wanted to give for what a, for someone who I'm going to say is the best second baseman in the last 75 years, Joe Morgan. I, I agree with that statement that Joe Morgan is probably the best second baseman in the last. I mean, you can probably make an argument for all time, but it's hard to compare a very dead ball era from mm-hmm. so long ago to, to now. So I, I will I will give you, yeah, he's probably the greatest. Oh, and by the way, just to point that out, Joe Morgan got in on his first ballot with only 83% of the vote. The greatest second baseman of the last 75 years only got 83% of the vote his first time. Right, so like who is, who's the 17% that's thinking, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Uh, just, just uh, I mean, Joe, Joe, Joe Morgan is, I mean, certainly one of the, the greatest players of all time. I, I mean, the other second baseman you're putting in his, his orbit, I guess, are who? Ernie Banks? Uh, Robbie Alomar? Is, I'd say certainly a step below, but it's someone you'd put up there is for a great second baseman. But, like, who else would there be? There isn't one in, in the last little while. I, I, I honestly don't think so. I mean, the last great second baseman who comes to mind is Craig Biggio. And he was somebody who had a lot of trouble in the Hall of Fame. As well. Had he not had 3,000 hits, he might still be waiting. Didn't though he start off as a catcher? He did. Yeah. And he played outfield for a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Morgan, I think what really so, impresses me about Morgan's career is just how we just kept slowly building into becoming great. You know, when Houston traded him to Cincinnati, what, like after the 71 season, there's no way they probably anticipate, like, okay, well, we, we're letting go a pretty good player. But then what he did as yeah. a red, oh my God. So I'm just I'm bringing that up now. So like four on-base percentage titles in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, two MVPs, Mm-hmm. Before anyone knew that was important, but go ahead. Yeah, no, true. Ex- no, exactly. Yeah, because like the first time he won, uh, he led the league in, in OBP. Uh, so he had a four seventeen against a two ninety two batting average, which is still fantastic. But it's, especially in seven, in seventy two, because they hadn't re- the live ball hadn't really come back yet. But you're right. Uh, no mm-hmm. one was looking at that. But it's, yeah, seventy five season his first MVP season. On-base percentage of 466. 
132 walks, batting 327. And you don't think of Morgan as a power guy, but you know there was 420 home run seasons for the Reds. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Especially for a second baseman in the 70s, that's very very good. You know he brought you he brought he brought you the speed. He brought you the good glove. He had a bit of power when you might need it, and he got on base. And he mm-hmm. was a leader of that team. Yeah, do you know why the Astros traded him? No. So, Joe got very involved in the community down in Houston, um, and he got in trouble with uh, Harry the Hat Walker, who was a manager at the time, mm-hmm. who Joe believed was a racist. Mm. And Walker said that Morgan was selfish, moody, and a troublemaker. So he got traded. Uh, here's the trade that sent him to... to uh, Cincinnati. So it was Joe Morgan, outfielder Ed Armbrister, outfielder Cesar Geronimo, one of the great names of baseball history, mm-hmm. uh, pitcher Jack Billingham, and infielder Dennis Menke, the Cincinnati Reds, for second baseman Tommy Helms, first baseman Lee May, and utility man Jimmy Stewart. Oh, I can't believe I was traded. <laughs> That's a little bad Jimmy Stewart impression. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so the best player in that was Morgan certainly you can make an argument that the second best player in that was Cesar Geronimo although Lee May was a pretty good yeah, it was pretty good um, but yeah that was um, he was unhappy being traded because his wife was pregnant at the time um, but uh, with their second kid uh, but it, I think it worked out okay for him ultimately I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that story, but that ties in with with a whole lot of lot of things. Uh, Joe Morgan is a very principled individual, and Agreed. you know, and where I was sort of like going for for those who who aren't sure when I said sort of a, a cantankerous individual when it comes to the, comes to Hall of Fame. Uh, Morgan's uh, has been on many Hall of Fame committees, on senior committees. Uh, Morgan is very very anti all the PED guys, and like a lot of people of his generation. But Morgan is very vocal about it, or was very vocal about it, and certainly had a lot of influence in, in those circles. Yeah, 100%, I agree with that. Yeah, and, it, um, and it's not so much that I don't respect that position. I, I, I totally do, but you, know, you and I, I think, we're of the same belief that baseball allowed that to happen. And my, my uh, Mason-Dixon line is 2004, when baseball collectively agreed. agreed. I think after after the testing period, mm-hmm. um, when everything is it's no longer the Wild West, if you get caught after that, that's on you. Which is why, even though, again, I'm a Red Sox fan, even though David Ortiz was rumored to have been one of the 106 players who tested positive, which sucks for Ortiz. If he did, that it's entirely possible because he was taking supplements from Dominican Republic, so who knows what the hell was with those. Uh, and he said so at the time. But if he did test positive, well, that's that sucks uh, for him, and he should, or that sucks that he was doing that, or he should have paid more attention to supplements or whatever. I mean, at a time when nobody really cared. Uh, but if he didn't, because it was him and A Rod's names got leaked, and nobody else. Mm-hmm. And A Rod ultimately was proven to be a cheater, which to be interesting when he comes up in a couple of years. Oh my god! But like, how how do you how do you disprove a negative? Like how how do you disprove you're not on his list when nobody's supposed to see it? 
right? So I, I have, I give, Ortiz has been tested tons of times with that, never tested positive. Manny Ramirez, another guy near and dear to my heart, if he never gets in, I completely understand why. Tested positive twice. Was twice or three times? It was at least twice. One I never remember was for that. Well, I know, I know he got pregnant. the hundred. I know he got suspended a hundred games. So, so at least twice. At least twice, yeah. Because that second one was for the uh, the pregnancy hormone drug. That's a masking agent. But I didn't have a kid, so I was negative. <laughs> so, but no, I agree. That that's my dividing line as well. So, um, and let's be honest: the players during Joe Morgan's era weren't all clean either. No. No, God. No. Greenies were rampant. They were in the. They were literally in dugouts like jelly bean bowls. Oh, Hank Aaron was uh, on that like crazy. Yeah, tons of people were on that like crazy. Just think about it. I mean, think about the toll that again. People are like, oh, athletes, whatever. Think about having to play the same game every single day, essentially for four months, mm-hmm. and you're like 38 years old. Mm-hmm. It's gonna hurt. And yet people are requiring you because of this is a lot of this is pre-free agency or early free agency or where you're basically tied to your team that if you can't perform, you're going to get Wally pipped and the next new Garrett is coming and you basically lose your job. So if there's someone giving you an upper to get you ready to go that day, you're going to take it. No, right? It, it, it's the, very true. Particularly in the 70s, which is a decade without consequences, except for Richard Nixon. Like, nobody knew any better about anything in the 70s. And then the AIDS crisis brought everyone back down to earth. So it's, I, I completely respect Morgan's principles on that. And you guys, and I have a dividing line on that. I also believe that there are multiple players who use steroids in the Hall of Fame already. Um, yeah. and, and I also believe that it's impossible for me to keep Mark McGuire out if I'm sealing it there. No, I, I totally agree with you. Le, I, I, and Tony LaRusso is it. Yep. And I think one of those names you might be referring to might rhyme with Pike Miazza. Uh, yes, another one might rhyme with um, Devon Bodiguez. <laughs> and another one, I, I'm going way back, and I have no necessary evidence for this, but it would not shock me if Ricky Henderson would be. Hmm. Towards the end of his career, he went from a skinny guy to a super muscular guy. That but is nobody true. really talked about it. He was an old super muscular dude towards the end of his career. Back when he couldn't remember if he played with John Olerud or not. Of course, you know, he might he might not even known what locker he was going into, and he might have walked into Canseco's a few times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this yeah. looks like something good for Ricky. It's amazing that Jose Canseco is essentially the only honest man in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Think I guess, about it. I, I, you know, one thing I thought I might do for the site one time is just, here are the following people who are Eskimo brothers. You know? And then it's, it's kind of a weird list when you think about it. Like Howard Stern and Mike Tyson. What's that? What are Eskimo brothers? Oh, Eskimo brothers? Oh, th- that's when you're you've been with the same woman. Oh, so so Jason Momoa and uh, Lenny Crab. Yes. Which is weird because they all the three of them all hang out. Well, some some couples can handle that. I 
don't know that I could, but I'm very insecure and I don't look like Jason Momoa. Fair enough. Yeah. And I'm not as cool as I've Lenny Kravitz. The, I've never heard the term Eskimo, but... Uh, admittedly, that's a, that's something I only learned from from the high school kids who uh, worked for me. That, that, and I said, "What the hell is that?" And they sort of educated this old dude. But then it sort of got me thinking about some of the weird ones and the celebrity ones. I, I think the weirdest one is Tyson and uh, Howard Stern. Hmm. Both with Robin Givens. The first one that comes to mind for me is Arthur Miller and John F. Kennedy. Oh, that's a good one. See, because this yeah. whole thing was thinking when we brought up Canseco, I was thinking, because uh, I just, uh, I'm working on the, the top 50 Bulls, Chicago Bulls. So, Jose Canseco and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's not surprising. <laughs> I, I suppose it's not, but there's... Like, like in, this, in a transactional action like that, who gave a disease to who? I think it might be uh, Monty, Bur- Monty Burns syndrome, where they all have all the diseases already. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know how to, se- right, I don't know how to segue Joe out of this Morgan. one. How do we transition back to that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, will, I will say this, and I brought this up, too, this week, that... So the, this year started with Don Larson died on January 1st. Oh, yes. But, okay. we, but we've lost Al Kaline, Tom Seaver, Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, and Joe Morgan in essentially since May. Kaline died, I think, May 15th, somewhere around there. That, first of all, first of all, the dispersal draft in that Iowa cornfield for at the end of the season is going to be ridiculous. You beat me to that. Games. I'm just going to say something about that. Damn it. Sorry, man. No, that's all good. But secondly, like that team, I mean, just think of that rotation. Gibson, Seaver, Gibson 1, Seaver 2, Ford 3, Larson 4. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's uh, even better than, uh, than uh, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, and Steve Avery. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Going back to our conversation about uh, the, the the fourth person on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, exactly. And Avery Avery had um, a couple pretty good years too. He did, but just in comparison to the other yeah. three, who are first ballot Hall of Famers. So, yeah, it's it's not like he's a Cooper Manning. Mm. No, Cooper Manning. Cooper Manning had a had like a uh, spinal stenosis issue where his his bones of his back basically were fusing around his spine so if he got hit he might die yeah that would make so me I'm stop playing football him, I'm willing to give him a break on that one <laughs> alright I, I, I get that I get that so and believe me I don't like the Mannings at all no, but I I'll give Cooper a pass <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh, should we go to no. the third death, or should we look at just something maybe a little bit more more uh, fun with the with the basketball? Uh, let, 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 let's just let's just get that one out of the way quickly. Okay. Yeah, um, so, just so we so we can be done. Yeah. So Fred Dean passed passed away. Uh, former star linebacker at Louisiana Louisiana Tech, but converted to defensive end. Uh, so I was reading about this with him. Five Hall of Fame he's he's in. So Louisiana, yeah, yeah Louisiana Tech. San Diego Chargers, San Francisco 49ers, 
college football, pro football. Wow. But other than that, what did he do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. The crazy thing is, too, I was thinking about this. I don't know if there's any other football player that's been in, like, five major halls of fame like that. And it's not like there wouldn't be some worthy. Just there's some NFL teams, as you and I have discussed, that don't even have Hall of Fames. Yeah. Because my first what? thought was... Charles, Charles Haley is a thought that comes to mind. But do so, the, but the they, Cowboys only have a ring of honor. Right. right. That was the first name I came up with because I looked that up. Like, okay, well, it's got to be Haley. And, well, I guess technically no. That's the only one well, I looked up. The other thing, so while I was looking Nick, at that is... Nick, sorry, I, I, another one just came to me. Nick Buonacani, right? Or Buonacani might be one. Okay. Because I think both the Patriots... And this is off the top of my head, but he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame. I, the, the Dolphins have a Hall of Fame? I think they do. They uh, do, yes. A, yeah, so then he'd be in, probably in their Hall of Fame because he's a captain of that no-name defense. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about... Uh, about the other two. And I don't know where he went to college, but at least he's somebody who has a chance. Cause you have to think of a player who's good enough on two teams at least. And right. then still good enough in college. And so like Mike, Mike Haynes might be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause their Patriots had really good players that they got rid of for very long for, for a while. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. What were you saying? Well, no, just, just sticking with that though. I mean, like even, even if you're a really good college player, uh, how many good college, like great college players, become Pro Football Hall of Famers, but they don't qualify for the College Hall because they were never an All American? Yeah, that's also true. Or they didn't finish school, and some of their some of the, like not every athletic uh, Hall of Fame in, in the NCAA says that you've got to finish, but some do. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think that might be something I might just look for next week. Just to see that, but Go for it. yeah, I was I was gonna say that Dean was he, like just like the perfect uh, specimen for just like the ultimate pass rusher, like a specialized pass rusher for for his day. One of the, I don't know if he was one of the first ones, but certainly he comes to mind when it comes to just specialized pass rusher. Yeah, I would say that. Um I, w- I was listening to his Hall of Fame induction speech, that, or the one that Eddie DeBartolo gave him, or his, his, his whatever speech. And, um, and Eddie DeBartolo brought up that Dean was the first of the, because he technically was a defensive end uh, for the 49ers at least. Um, if not for the, I don't, I can't honestly say I remember his time with the Chargers at will, but I do remember his time with the 49ers. Um, but he was kind of that first edge, edge holding pass rusher. Uh, guess what? The Patriots, when Willie McGinnis was around, called the, the elephant position, where you held your space for a second, if need be, on the run, but other than that, you were just supposed to rush upfield. Right? Because. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they call the elephant because you're just either standing still or running people over. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that he was the one who brought the role that Andre Tippett, who was inducted senior dean was, um, and, and a few others that names that he brought up. I can't remember them off the top of my head. Uh, that he was the one who kind of set the standard for them. And it, I mean, that, that makes some sense. 
he was a defensive player of the year in 81, two-time Super Bowl champ, um, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, a hell of a, I mean, an absolutely incredible player. And very sadly, I mean, passed from COVID. So yeah, at age uh, 68. Yeah, you know, only sixty-eight. Yeah, I, I think and he had I, one career interception. Okay. One career interception. Yeah, if that just sort of like didn't talk about his uh, specialization. I think that it's that eighty-one season that really got him inducted because he was traded early mm-hmm. in the season from San Diego to San Francisco, and you know there was a lot of the talk like, okay, here's here's our final piece of the puzzle, and then you do it, and then you win. It, it's it's a great look on a resume. It is, and and sometimes. It's not, not always necessarily what you do. It's what the narrative around you can be told. And the narrative of Fred Dean, because statistically, even if you just go with some of the, the most basic advanced analytics like approximate value, he's on that lower tier of Pro Football Hall of Famers. But he was at the forefront of specialization. Mm-hmm. So RIP to, yeah, that- to Fred Dean. But Sorry, go ahead. I was just to say, there's certain positions though where you're just if you're doing your job, you're just not going to get that. Right. Uh, and I know that he specialized press rusher uh, and everything like that, but there are just like certain things that you can't necessarily measure uh, very well, particularly football. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I honestly feel when it comes to line play in general. I don't necessarily believe that the analytics are necessarily doing a good job of showing what's actually going on. It's very hard. It's certainly very hard. It's certainly not as simple or not simple because baseball analytics are very confusing to me. I'm glad somebody sort of like sets sorts it all out, but well, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not wording it very well. I I am. I'm glad you do. Hopefully the people listening do. God damn it. But before we go to the other stuff, can I just uh, run through a few more Hall of Famers and stuff who passed away this week, and then we'll be done with it for the evening? Absolutely. Before we move on to the last topic? Yes. Okay. So we had, we had a couple of Hall of Famers pass away this week outside of this. So we had um, a professional wrestling Hall of Fame, or professional wrestler Hall of Famer, Len Rossi, passed away at the age of 91. He was mostly involved in the National Wrestling Alliance, 58 uh, 72, he was a 14-time NWA World Tag Team Champion uh, and one of the most popular stars in the history of the NWA. I know this is more your, your time period, but he passed away mm-hmm. yeah, at not, the age of 91. I'm not that familiar with his work, but yeah, I did read a couple of bits on him this week. Yeah. Uh, we also lost um, Greg Strobel, who's also in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, from 1995 to 98, head coach at uh, Lehigh University, which is one of the top wrestling programs in the country. Uh, he passed away at the, o- the age of only 68. Uh, he's somebody else. He's a National Wrestling Hall of Fame, Oregon State University Hall of Fame, and Oregon Sports Hall of Fame, mm. uh, which isn't too bad for a guy who coached in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, but he passed away at 68 earlier this week. Uh, we also had uh, thoroughbred trainer... Gary F. Jones passed away at 76. He's in the Horse Racing Hall of Fame uh, since 19... Uh, he got elected in 2014. He's got more ridiculously important wins than you can imagine. Like, his 
more there's more information on his major racing wins on Wikipedia than there is on his life. It's longer than that. Um, but he passed away uh, on the 11th earlier this week. Uh, back to football, we had uh, AFL um, player Ken Rice uh, passed away. He was 61 to 67. He was AFL All Star in 61. Um, but he, he passed away at the age of 77. Uh, I'm sorry, take that back. He passed away at the age of 81 in Carlton, Georgia, earlier this week. Uh, we had a name that you may remember, baseball executive Jimmy Lee Solomon. Do you remember him? I don't. Uh, he was the president, vice president of operations from, for MLB from 2005-2010. Uh, he was one of the big important people in, in the development of the league and transitioning towards the end of Bud Selig's tenure. He was on TV a decent amount. But he, um, he, just, he passed away suddenly at the age of 64 earlier this week, but someone who really led baseball in the mid-2000s as one of the major executives. And three last ones here. Um, Chicago punk band uh, player Kedzie, of, of mostly known for naked, working naked ray gun. I don't know if you are familiar with them that much. They're pretty popular around here. Uh, but he passed away of cancer at the age of 50, only 58 earlier this week. We also had lost Brian Locking, uh, one of the basis of the shadows for Cliff Richards. Uh, passed away hmm. at the age of 81 in Wales you know, earlier he, this week. You know, he, he lives on the island here, Cliff Richard? Or does he? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea what happened to Cliff Richard. Well, he's on this island, and uh, he had a, his birthday party at a bar in town that I absolutely detest because the beer is 12 bucks and it's this imported Portuguese swill. But that bar just burned down. I had nothing to do with it. The two things are completely unrelated. I just thought I'd bring that up. I can understand upset drinkers, though, burning down the bar. So continue. No, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well uh, Brian Locking passed away of, uh, he had Bell's palsy and passed away uh, at the age of uh, uh, 81 earlier today, or earlier this week. And finally, a complete footnote in music history, ACDC's original basis, I mean original basis, like when they were first hanging out together, uh, way back in 1974, uh, their original basis for, I believe, three to four weeks, uh, Paul Matters passed away. Uh, and here's the great thing about Paul Matters. Paul Matters was involved in a whole bunch of bands before, and he started playing with the ACDC and got in lots of fights with the Young Brothers, and Bon Scott fired him. And in response, the legendary Paul Matters quit music altogether and lived the rest of his life on disability in Austria. Never mm-hmm. holding down a job. So if he would have like, stayed in the band, at least, for the, at least for when they recorded Back in Black, would the byline have been when he passed away, you know, Back in Black, Paul, Paul Lives Mattered? Oh. Wow, that that's a, that was inventive. It was a stretch, but it was inventive. I give you credit for that one. It, it, yeah, that might. It wasn't one of my best ones ever. I was trying to think of something really clever off the top of my head. That was the best I came up with. 
Yeah, sometimes you got to workshop stuff. So I, <laughs> I, that, you did a pretty good job for first draft. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, all right. So we're going to go to, uh, now that we've got all the dead people out of the way. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go to something a little more fun with the uh, Yes. My, uh, the my, favorite, my favorite part, yes. The 2019-2020 season is over. And before we sort of like go into what I like to call the elevator up, elevator down section, like who really helped themselves in the basketball playoffs for their Hall of Fame career, just, you know, kudos to all of those guys who, and I know like, yes, they're all millionaires and some are approaching being a billionaire. Being in a bubble for as, as long as you are, like what was it, 85 days, which I believe from yeah. beginning to end for the Lakers in the heat, under no no it, it, it was 123 days. It was 123. There in the public. Yeah. Okay, so so even much longer. I don't know where I got the number 85 from. I that, that, that might have been the length of the season, but they had training camp and stuff ahead of time. Okay, all right. That that's probably that's probably it. So just for them to sort of do that, and especially, and I know a lot of people like to to rag on LeBron James. When you're that focused and when you're that determined, under in that type of environment that. Let's be honest, none of us can really picture. I mean, we've all been sort of quarantined, but not like this. I don't care what your bank yeah. account says. That's pretty damn impressive to still want to win. I mean, you and I both watched uh, uh, Tuka Rask of the Boston Bruins. I know it's a different sport to say. And he cracked. He pretty much cracked under it. I mean, I'm sure there was other things going on in his life. Yeah, from, from what I heard about that, though, it has come out. But there was a health issue with one of his kids. Okay, which is perf- is. That takes precedent over everything, but it's still a lot. Yeah, of- I, I, I think the problem people had with Rask was a couple of days after when it was all over, he was out golfing while he was still playing. So I didn't know that. I, I, I think because yeah, the thing that I I what he said was you know it just doesn't feel like a game. Like okay, mm-hmm. and I get that, but that maybe that's not what your teammates need to hear or want to hear right now, and. Having said that, I mean, like, if it's about your kids, fine. And, like, it, what, whatever it is, it's not easy. And I don't care what your bank account says. I mean, yeah, you're going home to a lot still. This was not an easy situation for any of these, any of these players, uh, NBA, NHL, and my hat's off to all of you, and especially to the Lakers in the Heat. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we wanted to do right now is who benefited the most from their performance. And you and I, we've got – I think it's one A one B, and when you went, yeah, went to, uh, yeah. Go ahead. So, but before we get that, I just want to say, did you hear what Danny Green said as they ran? He ran down the tunnel after the championship. No, what are you saying? We're free. <laughs> that was his reaction winning the championship. That he could go home. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I thought his reaction was, "Oh, look at all these bricks! I can build a house." <laughs> Well, still better than J.R. Smith's reaction where they win the championship. And usually, like, the owner or the coach or the best player grabs the trophy first. No, no, no. It's J.R. Smith who played 40 seconds in the finals. So. Oh, God. J.R. Smith. There's got to be a 30 anyway, for 30 on just him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, 1A, 1B. I, I, well, actually, I feel stronger about one of these players than the other. Uh, two Los Angeles Lakers who I think benefited the most is Dwight Howard – Rajon Rondo. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely 100%. Who would you say did themselves more favors? Howard. Really? Yeah, and the reason I say that is 
I think Dwight Howard already was a basketball Hall of Famer, but his – and again, I talked to earlier about the narrative. And the narrative on Dwight Howard has taken a shit-kicking since 2013. In his lone year – in his first lone year in, in Los Angeles, Kobe pretty much ran him out of town. In Houston, he got run out of town there. In Charlotte, they pretty much – they cheered when he, when, when he left – uh, I also forgot about Atlanta. They did the same thing there. Washington, his nine games that season yet, last year was such a disaster uh, on the court and off of it. With him going through, and I won't, I won't sort of like go back to some of the rumors that sort of plagued him and the accusations that should be irrelevant these days. It's not, like in, in his circle, I'm sure. But for our purposes, he almost looked untouchable. And, and people, it seems so long ago. But before the season started, there was serious doubt whether anyone was going to sign him at all. Agreed. And all Dwight had to do, because he's his, the first half of his career, he was the best center in the league, period. He was. And when you're the best player at a position in the NBA for more than one year, and you were the, considered the best defensive player, you're a Hall of Famer. That's where the bar is at. I mean, it's a little lower than some halls, certainly lower than the Pro Football Hall, but nevertheless... He cleared that in my mind, but the narrative around him changed to worst teammate ever. Well, all he had to do there was just do his job, follow instructions, and he did it well. So the narrative has now, has now changed on him, and he needed this. He needed a year where he, could, where he could prove that I'm okay not being the best player on this team. I'm okay coming off the bench. What's my role, coach? Okay, I'm going to go out and do it. And he did it well. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's sort of why I say it helps Howard more because I, again I think he was going to get in, but now I think he's back on that first ballot Hall of Fame, which he sh- he probably was anyway. But he needed this narrative change. He needed it really badly. Okay, so I mean, particularly with the, how low the bar is for the basketball hall comparatively to other sports, mm-hmm. I. My reason for being surprised is I agree with you. I think even with all the junk attached to him, Howard is probably already going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Rajon Rondo necessarily was. Right. And I don't know that he necessarily still is. Agreed. But he's won one with the championship with the Celtics. He's won one with the Lakers 12 years apart. The two most storied franchises. Now in between, he spent time in Charlotte, or not Charlotte, in uh, New Orleans and Sacramento, and he had a cup of coffee here and with the Bulls, and there are other places I'm probably forgetting because he was all over the place, uh, and which is going to hurt him going on. But the fact that he was an important part of two championship teams, twelve years apart, has to mean something. You know, it really should. And I think, uh, well, you you know this better than I. Uh, I thought, like during the 2008 Celtics championship, you know, when I was watching that. And there was all the talk of the big three. I thought personally it was the big four, and Rondo was better than two of them in that championship run. Because hmm. Rondo I, was electric in those finals. He was. Like that, that's the thing about Rondo, though. Rondo has Ryan John Rondo's playoff Rondo. Or, or, or National Game Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thing. exactly. Rondo's Thursday night in Milwaukee is not 
a Hall of Fame player. He is probably the fourth guy off your bench. So that is one of the issues that he has. Playoff Rondo is awesome to watch. Regular season Rondo, it depends on who he's playing. Um, and that's, good, that's played in his entire career. So I'm not... I, I personally... Hmm. Thinking back on that team, I mean, my love for Paul Pierce is pretty much all-encompassing. Um, so I'm presuming that you're putting Garnett one, Rondo two. Uh, so I have trouble with that, but I I don't know if they win the championship with any of those that starting five, honestly. Like even Kendrick Perkins, who who they had to throw a lob into at the beginning of the game just so he'd be engaged. Uh, they don't win that championship without his like intensity backing up Garnett and defense and rebounding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Kendrick Perkins is never be a Hall of Famer, so it's hard for me to say. Right. But I, I have no trouble saying that there's a big four with that team and Kendrick Perkins as the uh, as the enforcer who they could afford to lose as opposed to with Garnett. Mm-hmm. So. Now what's I, the, I don't know. Do you, do you know what Rondo's contract status is? Like, is he uh, signed for the Lakers for next year? I actually don't know. I can look that up. Though. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, like, uh, while, while you're doing that, uh, yeah, I mean, Ron, like Rondo just and he did have a really good game five, if I remember correctly. It was a one half. It was a game four. I forget. So yeah, Rondo's not not. It just it's another tick in the box that really does help. And when they put everything together, I, I just don't know that it's going to be enough for him. I thought the person, though, like overall, who is taking another big step was on Miami, and that's Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, Jimmy Butler went from – oh, just by the way, here's your answer on Rondo. Rondo had a, a another option, which was the minimum – for him next season, uh, based on his status, which is two million six hundred ninety-two thousand nine hundred ninety-one dollars, but he opted out two days ago. Oh, so he is now a free agent. Interesting. So he made two point five mil in a weird number: two million five hundred sixty-four thousand seven hundred fifty-three dollars. How many cents? So, yeah. So he's making it because the number isn't changing. Yet he got a five percent bump because that's what usually happens with uh, with ten year con- uh, salaries of ten year players in the league. But uh, if he stayed, but he opted out of it, hopes he's getting something better. But because of the way the league happens, they're keeping that number the same. So he may be costing himself like seventy five thousand dollars or something. Mm, okay, but yeah, I, I think it's worth at this point in his career, it's worth it to him to try and get a bigger contract someplace else for seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's not living on Bell sitting for <laughs> when he was insulted with $14 million. So, um, yeah, so the, he, he's a free agent to answer that question. Okay. So, yeah, so Jimmy Butler, again, I, I keep going back to narrative, but it, it matters so much. They were using Butler in the same word, same sentence as LeBron. Well, that game five yes. made Jimmy Butler's entire career. He went head-to-head with LeBron. LeBron was brilliant in Game 5. Absolutely brilliant. And Jimmy Butler was like, I got you, boy. Mm-hmm. And just was just as good, if not better. 
Now, the difference between LeBron and Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's five years younger than LeBron. Jimmy Butler was exhausted in game six. LeBron was like, oh, we got a game six. <laughs> That's fine. You know, I, I think, too, like I, as much as I was so impressed with what Butler did in game five, like right at the end, I'm sort of like watching like him, like all his body language. I, I knew if I was if I was still gambling, which I don't anymore, but I would have laid everything on the Lakers and spread. Yeah, because they had nothing left to give. But Butler had a he had a really good year. He's an interesting character, but th- that fifth All Star that certainly helps. One guy I want to ask you about, and I think he's already cemented his place, even though he's very very young. I think only twenty five or twenty six. Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's a set. He's two time MVP now, and nobody who's been a two time MVP is is going to be passed over for the Hall of Fame. It just doesn't happen. It barely happens if you're a one-time MVP. It's never happened. We'll see what happens with Derrick well, Rose. Mean, yeah, Derrick Rose is going to, I think, going to be the first one, and that just sucks for Rose because he, before he blew out his knee, he was as dynamic a player, a point guard, as this league had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I don't think... I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with the Bucs uh, in general. I, I mean, I think at this point, if Giannis retired, he's probably Hall of Famer. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's ahead of Yao Ming in terms of impact um, and Yao's in. So I think he's probably Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, I just don't... The way they lost was very strange. I guess this Miami team, I, I saw them when playing the Celtics. This Miami team is just tough as nails. Um, but... I, I don't, yeah, I mean, obviously winning a second MVP, he's going to get in anyway. I don't know necessarily if the playoffs enhanced his reputation in any way, however. Well, and, and, so. and that, that's what I think I'm more going there, because I also look at, uh, going back, you mentioned Bill Simmons earlier, and his book of basketball, he had like tears in the Hall of Fame, and I, mm-hmm. I really like that idea, and sort of I sort of incorporated that with another show I did. Uh, a long time ago with my buddy Dave, and we just sort of like called it like the Hall of Fame party, like the best club in the, in the room. Like maybe now mm-hmm. uh, they'll let Dwight Howard just like at least say hi to the cool kids. Yeah. Here's a question for Can I bring up somebody else in these playoffs for you? Yeah. Uh, how about someone who has played LeBron James a modern record of 31 times in the, in the finals or in the playoffs? Andre Iguodala. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, it, it, uh, by the way, the record for most games played against each other in playoffs is 34 uh, between Bill Russell and Jerry West. Um, mm-hmm. So, Iguodala and, Le- and LeBron have played uh, 31 times, almost all of them in the finals, which is crazy, or a large portion are in the finals. So, where do you follow Andre Iguodala as a Hall of Famer? Well, I'll quote Andre Iguodala when he was asked that. He says he's not. I, I think it's interesting to, see, to hear a basketball player being modest. Uh, I don't know that I don't think that he is, but I think he's a lot better than a lot more than give, than giving himself credit for with just that one statement. Because it was a very blunt answer. No, I'm not. But Iguodala is someone who, when he's eligible, he'll be a, he'll get a top twenty rank out of me. And I'd imagine. I mean, he was an important part. He was really good with the Sixers. 
Uh, he's the second AI after Iverson left, right? Yep. Um, and then a major part of that of that uh, Golden State run. He won a um, Finals MVP. I mean, who went? Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see. Well, maybe we will. I just can't imagine seeing a sixth man, like a sixth man bench player, ever winning a Finals MVP. But then I never understood sometimes the way way teams will use a bench player. Like when James Harden won Sixth Man of the Year with the Oklahoma City. Like, okay, yeah, you're coming off the bench, but you're still averaging like 34 minutes. Yeah. Well, did, did Benny the Microwave Johnson win MVP for Finals once? Am I making that up? I don't believe so. I mean, I I, I could be wrong so. on that, but. I was near. I'm near positive. Uh, Gudala. Like I, I just remember reading that over and over that he was the first uh, MB, like Finals MVP, not to be a starter. But you know, you know. I think I think that the Finals MVPs were Dumars and maybe a Mark Aguirre, and it wasn't Isaiah Thomas. I just remember like Thomas wasn't one, so that may have been the situation. So anyway, and I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up with Vinny. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Yeah, so I mean, Iguodala, I think I think he's a phenomenal player. If he ever got into the hall, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I don't think his name's going to come up. I really mm-hmm. don't. Interesting. Yeah. How How about your opinion of? Um, did anyone move down? Like, let's say James Harden, Westbrook, Chris Paul. No, because all, th- um, all three of those guys are in that same level they were for me. None of them were really favored to win it, and they've already done enough. Yeah. Where they're, they're, they're already over, over that threshold, and they weren't sort of uh, older like Howard and Rondo are, who are running out of time. And Howard, again, okay. it, it was all about reputation, I, I think. Because he acted his way, he acted a fool his way out of being a first ballot. And that shit matters. Ask Chris Bosh how how, how pissed off he is. Yeah. How about on the coaching side? What does this do for Eric Spolster? I was was just going to say, huge. I think so, too. Yeah, it's it's funny, too, because you don't always think of, like, I, I didn't especially, like, back then. But, like, managing egos... And managing someone who is, I mean, again, people can say what they want about LeBron. A lot of people will say he's stupid. I think he's massively intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's, he's an on-court leader, and he's essentially, he's a de facto coach. And for him to, for Spolster to have all of that put together, ride unbelievable pressure, and then still remain competitive and still be a, pl- a coach that players want to go to. And what he did here, I think, I think that matters. This is also why I maintain that for all coaches and managers of the year should not be given for just a regular season. It should always yeah. be done for a combination, more like more than anything else. Uh, more, I believe that's stronger than, than an MVP because you already have your finals MVP or your playoff MVP, World Series MVP, what, what have you. But, I mean, I just look back at the Raptors. Uh, uh, Sam Mitchell. Was it Sam Mitchell? Yeah. Won Coach of the Year and then got swept out and was fired. Yeah, I remember that. And, and I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, justifiably so. Because I love yeah. that guy. But, but Spolstra in general, I mean, he, he won a championship. 
uh, in 06 as an assistant on that team. Mm -hmm. And then he won the championship in what was the most recent one? Uh, well, he was a. Well, he won two. He yeah. won two in 2012 and 2013. He won the back to back one. Yeah, Let's so, remember the years. Mm-hmm. Years, years are passing quickly, my friend. It's hard to remember them all. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, Brad Stevens is widely considered to be one of the best coaches in basketball, and he coached circles around him in that series. Absolute circles around him in that series. And, and I don't know how important this necessarily is, but he's the first Asian-American head coach in any of the four major sports. It's one of those things that shouldn't matter a lick, but it does, and it helps him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things I don't even think of Spolstra as, I mean, he, he's not somebody you're like, oh, that's because he's Filipino. Right. That he, he's not what most white people would think be typically Asian looking, comparatively. And it never even occurred to me he was Asian American until somebody brought it up. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I think Spolster was probably a Hall of Fame. He had two championships already. I think he was probably a Hall of Famer as is. Uh, but I think this bringing this Miami team to the championship and taking that Lakers team with two pantheon guys. I mean, LeBron is at the very tippy top of the pyramid. And by the time he's done, Anthony Davis is going to at least be on level three, pushing to level two, in my opinion, on the period and yeah, on the pyramid. Absolutely, and pushing that team with a thirty-year-old Jimmy Butler and two white dudes shooting long-distance threes uh, as your main offense. That and and I don't want to underrate Bam Adebayo, who is also very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and when without Goran Dragic, who's one of the really great point guard for me, the guy I've always wanted on my team for years, uh, is, is quite an accomplishment. I know it's weird to say something about someone who lost, but he took that team legitimately as far as he could possibly go. Yeah, no. I, and I, you saw in game six, they were out of gas. They had nothing left. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think uh, Spolstra is, and I was thinking about, uh, about this, I've been thinking about this for a while. I, I Just for, for him to have done what he did with the characters involved. Uh, I think if anyone now might be hurt in terms of coaching and whatnot, is someone who I think might be a Hall of Famer anyway, is Doc Rivers. Yeah, that was the next one I was going to bring up. Yeah. He, leads, he, leads the NBA, he leads NBA history for most 3-1 series leads lost. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's lost. Now, to be fair, one of them, he shouldn't have had a 3-1 series lead. That was the uh, Orlando team where Tracy McGrady said it was great to be in the second round of the playoffs. Um, and then they didn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that team was like a seven seed and lost it too, if I remember correctly. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, leads, he has more three, one collapses. I think in the history of the NBA, there are only 14 and he's got like four of them. The Clippers so, never made the conference final yet either. Did they? I'm sorry, who? The Clippers never have been in the conference final. The Clippers, in their history now, have had nine chances, I believe, to, to if they win a the game, they go to the conference finals. They've lost all nine. Okay. So you've got Rivers at the helm of that with some really talented players. At, at some point, you know, like a bit, there's a few fingers pointing back in your direction. Uh, I'm cheering for Doc Rivers. I like everything about him, but... 
you know, there, there was clearly, there's, there's some, there's, there's an asterisk now. Oh, actually speaking of asterisks, do you consider the season an asterisk? I don't. No, okay. 100% no. All right. Yeah. So I feel that way about all, all the sports. Uh, sa- same with baseball, unless Houston wins. <laughs> all, I, yeah. all I have to say about Doc Rivers is Doc Rivers was born just completely incapable of actually having normal speech. I mean, I'm shouting right now. It's amazing how hard it is. It's hard, hard to coach the NBA and still have a voice. <laughs> I can't wait for next year when he's yelling at Embiid for not running up the court because he's out of shape for the sixth consecutive season. It's going to be awful. I worry about his blood pressure. <clears throat> All right. I got hurt my throat. I can't do any more. Nice. But he has put himself in like a, in a great position to rebound. So we'll see what happens. And a very similar oh, yeah, I mean, team yeah. in a way. If, if he can get that team, because if he doesn't, that Philly team is a they, – they did that whole tank job. Mm-hmm. And they ended up with two really good players and screwed up the Okafor pick. And they screwed up the uh, – the um, oh, I can't think of his name. The number one pick oh, from Mark, Washington State. Markel Fultz? Uh, yeah, Markel Fultz. They screwed those pick up so badly. Imagine if they hit on those. Imagine if they took Jason Tatum. You know, and, and you have Simmons, Tatum, yeah. and Embiid on that team. I, 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 actually, I'm sort of glad you brought that up because I, I, Tatum is one of two players that I just like two very, very super young players. Obviously, they're not Hall of Famers at this point, so I'm going to say him and Devin Booker that I can't wait to watch next year. Yeah. Yeah, so by the way, someone else who really helped themselves in playoffs, um, just or just in general, the whole Denver Nuggets team uh, was great to watch. Um, but, uh, oh my God, his name just popped out of my head because it's the end of a very long week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what, what's his name? Their best player, the big white dude. Oh, uh, Jokic. Jokic, thank you. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends actually is a Denver Nuggets season ticket holder. He's a Celtics fan, but he's been living out in Denver uh, for a while now, and he has the money to become a ticket holder, and there are plenty of seats available generally, or they were when he started. But that team is, was super fun to watch. And Jokic is way better. He's, he's everything I anticipated Like it would have been to be to watch um, – Oh God, my brain is off. The guy who, the uh, Russian guy who played for the the Trailblazers, and we only got him at the end of his career. Uh, great passer. Why well, can't think of his name? He's a Hall, Hall of Famer too. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on that um, one too. I'm, bl- yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on it too. But anyway, I apologize to him because I'm trying to make a point. I should have thought of this sooner and had everything in front of me. Uh, but Jokic and and Jamal Murray, both of them. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I knew Jokic was good, but I don't stay up to watch Nuggets games, generally. I may stay up to watch Nuggets games now. That team was so fun to watch. And they had never played that attitude, and it's not their fault. They ran into LeBron James. Yeah, and... Like, and they, went as far as, they went as far as LeBron James would like. So I'm going to leave with a, sort of like one final thought here. So when LeBron won that fourth, fourth title... Uh, and you sort of knew you could set your watch to it. You knew there was going to be article upon article. Well, is he better than MJ? 
I say no, what say you? Here's what I'm going to say about that. LeBron James, and someone posted this outside, I actually have this issue at Sports Illustrated. Oh, for people who don't know, Sports Illustrated used to be a magazine and not a terrible website. <laughs> anyway, um, Sports Illustrated did their cover story on LeBron James in 2002. I want to tell you how long ago 2002 is. In the bottom of that, bottom right-hand corner of that cover, it had AOL keyword Sports Illustrated. <laughs> that, that's how long ago 2002 was. They had AOL keywords that we needed to look stuff up. LeBron, since that moment, has been the, one of the most pressured athletes in the entire world. His entire life, Something Jordan never dealt with, something Kobe never dealt with. Kobe That's was true. very, very good, and even as a teenager. But the dude was once traded for Vlade Divac, straight up. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Nobody thought Kobe was necessarily be Kobe. Everybody thought LeBron was going to be LeBron. That's true. And he has lived up. Other than the misstep with the, the, misstep with the, the decision, right? where he thought it was a good idea to tell Cleveland in front of a whole bunch of kids from Cleveland that it was even for Miami. He has not had a scandal. He has not had a misstep. He has not had anything his entire career. He's been to 10 finals. 10. We're talking about the Clippers. You've been around for, well, since they're the Buffalo Braves. What year was that, 1970? 72, close to 50 years, we've never even made a conference final. He's been to 10 finals. I'm saying that in the modern era, when Jordan is playing with guys like Elo, no offense to Craig Elo, who is very good for his time, but you don't see many Craig Elo type players out there on their floor anymore in the NBA that the players who LeBron are playing against are more athletic, they're better, and he has played more playoff games and more minutes. You know he's never missed a single playoff game in his career? I didn't know that, but I, I, that makes perfect sense. I don't ever remember him missing any, like, missing time hardly at all, except for like last year yeah, with the he, Lakers. He missed uh, quite a bit. He, he almost, yeah, I mean, last year he sat at that team, why waste his, why why he's however many many jumps he has left in his knees on the twenty nineteen Lakers. Right. Like just sit it out. There's no point. It, it was like when uh when the Paul Pierce was uh sat out in what is it, the two thousand and seven, he like injured his knee and then basically sat for four months mm-hmm. while people were like talking about him and then the the two thousand eight Celtics happened. Like there's no reason to waste your bullets on a team that's not going anywhere with someone like LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say, and this is for against somebody who hated LeBron at the beginning, mm-hmm. nobody has ever been under microscope for longer without screwing up than LeBron James. That's a very good point. And I think, I think that gives him a much better argument than a all-time great, probably the, probably the greatest shooting guard ever. And no, probably the greatest shooting guard ever who may have gotten in trouble for gambling and was forced to play baseball for two years. Or may not have. We don't know. But, yeah, I've heard that, too. Or, or, or may not have. 
but it was a notoriously prickly person. And I'm here in Chicago. Jordan is still probably the greatest. Kobe is someone else I bring up in the argument. Kobe is a significantly more selfish player than either LeBron or Jordan. And just by the way, Scottie Pippen, if you look at the playoff runs for those six teams, the only category where Jordan leads Pippen of the major categories is points. Jordan has significantly more points than Pippen. Pippen has more rebounds, more assists, more steals, more blocks in the playoffs than Jordan does, or when they're on the team together for those six championships. Hmm. I'd like to point that out. Now, I'm not saying LeBron has a play with great plays, because he certainly has. Right. But I would make the argument that LeBron has now brought three different franchises to championships, which has never happened before. He's been to the championship game ten times. He's been to, he's been to the NBA Finals more times than Brady's been in the Super Bowl. And how many times are people like, oh my God, I can't believe Brady's in the Super Bowl? I'm hoping that's not that doesn't happen again this year. I don't think it's going to. That team's not good enough. So we're, we're the way things are going. We're probably going to get the Buffalo Bills against uh, uh, I don't know uh, the Arizona. Cardinals and they the the, the lowest key rating Super Bowl mm. of all time because um, that's what 2020 should bring us. Um, <laughs> although I would be, I would be rooting yeah that would be great it would be great I want two fra- here's what I want since my Patriots are not going to win the Super Bowl this year I want two franchises who have never won a Super Bowl against each other in the championship. So you put the that's Bill- what I'm going for. So you put the Bills against the Vikings and then the world implodes. Bills well the Vikings have no shot. That Viking team is, uh, uh, sorry, sure. uh, completely tangent. When the Vikings were playing the Seahawks this weekend, or this past weekend, and they're at the, like, six-yard line, and they go for it rather than kick the field goal, they lined up for to go for it. I said, they better be calling a timeout to my wife. And I said, because if not, they will not get this, and Russell Wilson's going to drive down the field and, and score a touchdown to win this game. And they should fire the coach if he does not kick the field goal. They did not kick the field goal, and they forgot they were the Vikings and that they were playing the Seahawks, and they didn't get the yard they needed. And Russell Wilson went down and scored, and I said, I told you exactly what was going to happen. The coach needs to be fired immediately. <laughs> because if you kick the chips shot field goal, I'm, I'm, I'm counting that the Vikings can make a chip shot field goal. But if you kick the chips shot field goal, the worst thing that happened is that Russell Wilson goes down the field and scores a touchdown like we're going to, and then has to go for two, which they missed, by the way, when they got down. So he has to go for two. It can tie you and bring you to overtime. Put yourself in that situation, and not in the situation where Russell Wilson, the quarterback who I want more, I would want leading my team than any other quarterback in the league right now, and that includes Mahomes. And I felt that way for a long time. I always take Russell Wilson over luck back when that was an argument over and over again. You put him in a situation where he's going to beat you because you're the Vikings. Of course you're going to lose that game if you don't kick that field goal. I was like, if, if, this, if he doesn't kick the field goal, he needs to be fired. He's going to lose. He didn't kick the field goal. They lost. And Mike Zimmer should probably be fired. 
But anyway. Uh, yeah, so Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo against uh, the Cardinals is about as good as I can get, I think. Because I don't think there's any other NFC team that hasn't won or hasn't won in a while. Oops. The Panthers aren't good enough. What other teams in the NFC ever won the Super Bowl? The Lions, they're definitely not good enough. No, definitely not. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, because the Bucks have won now, Bucks Saints have won, Panthers haven't. Oh, Falcons, well, they're definitely not going to be the Falcons. Uh, yeah, by the way, there are. The, which team has the worst uh, predictable brand? The Chargers are going to lose because they can't kick a field goal, or the Falcons are going to lose because they take a big lead on somebody. Which is worse? So the Falcons. Also, too, I mean, like, the best tweet I saw, I wish I could remember who the hell said it. They said, like, well, here we are in the last quarter of 2020. Let's hope we're playing the Falcons. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was great. I saw that, too. Yeah, I mean, they have wasted the prime of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt Ryan on a – Matt Ryan, who would, be, who would have a better career had they played for the Patriots? And, and, and had someone like – not necessarily the Patriots. I'll give you any good team that has competent management. Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford? Matt Ryan. I, I think it's close. I'd actually take Stafford. Really? I think Stafford is absolutely insane if he actually plays with a decent team. Um, but yeah, the point is both those guys are completely hindered by the fact that they're playing for an absolutely awful team and are too loyal to go someplace else. Hmm. I'll, I'll leave with this clip. I got a, I got one closing thing though the beach dogs won a game my fantasy football congratulations yeah it, it was so sad you know speaking of the bills so I'm tied 62-62 with just the bills game left and as we know they, they, they lost they lost pretty bad but I had three players my opponent had none I got one point <laughs> in the combination hey. of single of uh, Devin Singletary, Cole Beasley, yep. But I also had the Bills defense. Yeah, I have Singletary on my team as well. So, yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations! Congratulations! Like they say about the bar exam, every point over passing is a wasted point. So, Absolutely. congratulations on your win. So, I have something for next week, possibly, possibly. All right. Uh, the I we have decided on the finalists for the fictitious halls. If they're up or if they're ready to go up, that's something to talk about. There'll be some interesting ones, some surprises, some 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 strange omissions, and the runaway leader will dis- will shock you, or maybe it won't. A year ago, this never it never would have happened. No. Hello? So, yeah, that, there's one person. I, I'm really excited to tell you about that and how he was a runaway. So it's a he. So you've got that. Just mm. destroyed everyone in the semifinals ballot. Will that parlay into the finals? Don't know. I think there was a bit of timing involved. And when you find out who it is, you'll understand exactly why. 
Hmm. Trying to think who this could be. <clears throat> it's Bugs Bunny, isn't it? I knew it. <laughs> I will say that it's not Bugs Bunny. Okay. Is, is it animated or real life? Can you, can you give me that much? It's real life. Okay. Which is weird to say because we're still talking fictional. Truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. That is true. That yep. is true. That was too deep. We should probably end on that. That's the deepest we've gone in like eight months. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this is what happens when I'm sober. Mm. Yeah, I just I just finished my uh, VO and Coke, so uh, or VO and RC. So, RC. So that's one of the great things about living in the Midwest is that uh, RC is readily available. I thought that parts appear to be Coke or Pepsi. I haven't seen that in 20 years. That's because you haven't been to Chicago. When I was in Chicago, I never saw RC. Holy crap! I, I thought that go. was a completely dead brand. Well, look at look what I learned today. Well, actually, there is a completely dead brand after today. Coke is announcing no longer make Tab. They announced that today. They're not making what? Tab anymore? Oh, I thought that was dead too. I, I thought it, it was dead, except that all the secretaries in my every office I've ever worked on only drink Tab. The only people who ever drink Tab are like the secretaries and front desk people at offices I've worked at. Look at that. Because there's always a running joke. I'll pick up your tab. Ah. Uh, secretaries. Ah. Uh, not even talking. It's one I've heard a bunch. So. Yeah. They, 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 they must flat. They must be. They they must have perfected those fake smiles. <laughs> I never heard that. Uh, yeah. 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 It's more. It's more a running joke than anything else. I will say the only thing, I was in Minnesota once as a kid, and literally the only thing I remember about Minnesota, I must have been five or six, was that they had a vending machine where soda, can of soda only cost 35 cents. So this was back in like 1984, 85. Uh, and that it was RC, and I never heard of RC before. And But the fact it was 35 cents, it automatically made it my favorite soda. Because other sodas were either 50 cents or 75 back where I was from back then. So... See, nice. When I was in Japan, I when I was in Japan, I saw vending machines, but they had totally different items in there. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's a more appropriate ending for us, man. So I'll catch you next week. All right, stay safe. Thank you all for listening. We hope everyone out there stays safe and look for new content regularly from us at notinhalloffame.com.